Hi, I'm Cynthia, the spontaneous F-bomb dropping Virgo who likes to sort socks. And I'm Michelle, the highly inquisitive, science-loving hypnotherapist who reads and walks a whole lot. You're You're listening listening to It's All Connected. We decided to start this podcast because we are wildly curious and we want to talk about how events are connected, like spirit, business, love, and relationships, especially if the cause isn't obvious. We're also going to be talking about self-expansion and life's true purpose, because it's our belief that there are invisible cosmic forces tying things together, often in unexpected and wonderful ways. We want to learn how people think about connections, making space for serendipity, the unknown, and magic. Nerd out with us and have fun along the way. Follow us and expand your sense of what's possible. Because it's all connected! Welcome Cynthia Varkavisser and me, Michelle Walters, are interviewing Michelle Hackalow-Wolf. Michelle is an actor, singer, writer, and educator in Los Angeles. She lives with her husband of 20 years, Jeff Wolf. Michelle is a voice teacher concentrating on musical theater singing, and she owns the studio Wolf City Voice. After years of musical theater, Michelle's first feature film, Looking for Her, is out this holiday season. Michelle also wrote and starred in the short film, Next, a Zombie Musical. Welcome, Michelle. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. We are so excited to talk about, I don't know, at least 10 different things, and we only have, (laughs) you know, 30 minutes. So let's get started. I loved your movie, um, Looking for Her, because it is a sweet Christmas holiday film. With a, with a slight twist to it. And I really liked about what I liked about it the most is that even though you could see everything coming together, oh, and by the way, I, I loved your character. Thank so you. sweet. I want, I want, I want one of those in my life. Well, Michelle is one of those in my life, but I'd like to have more. <laughs> but anyway, uh, is that uh, we think about romance, we think about a lot of things, but there's this little twist and it had to do with um the actress's um sexuality in the beginning you just didn't know and it was really refreshing to just have this person be this person this just super genuine light being i'd like to know um if you had any idea how this movie was going and what was your take on the movie after you saw it so it's really kind of interesting when you when you audition for a film is that you don't always know what you're actually doing and so I this was a random audition that I had I got a notice I auditioned um they said okay great LGBTQ Christmas movie I'm like awesome sounds amazing and uh we shot all of my scenes in about four hours because we had to get everything done in that office space in a certain amount of time before we lost the sun we only had it for a day so it was very much kind of like a guerrilla style filmmaking where I'd run in, we'd shoot the scene, then they'd change where all the cameras were and we'd shoot the scene again. And then we'd run out, change costumes, and do the next scene. And so I had no idea what else the film was about other than I knew what, what my character was providing for the journey and that it must be, and, she, and they had described it as kind of like a Nora Ephron style romantic comedy you know, misconnections type of um, trying to get life to work. 
And so um, I really had no idea other than that, other than their description in my scenes, what I was looking at. Uh, so I was really delighted when I saw it. I mean, besides seeing yourself for the first time on a big screen, that was really exciting. Uh, I really loved how the film was about family and acceptance and allowing yourself to be loved and allowing yourself to be loved despite how you've acted. And so I, um, I enjoyed the little finer nuances to the film as well. So yeah, so it was, it was a really exciting, fun time. Uh, but I would say I was in the dark for most of it until I actually saw the film. Which well, is pretty common. The film came out great, Michelle. And what our oh. listeners don't know is that Michelle has been a friend of mine since I was like, what, probably 15, 14, 15? Probably we, went 15 to, we went to high school together and we acted and uh, Michelle directed some of our shows. And so it's just really exciting to me to see somebody who I literally grew up with who's now on the big screen. So congratulations, Michelle. Thank you. Happy for you. Thank you. It was really fun. I would say um, that one of the most delightful things for me has been my high school friends response on Facebook, because I would say so much of our class and definitely people from the drama class have all seen the film. Um, you know, you, you do realize that you are, because I, you know, kept hacking away at it, is that um, you're still, you're living the dream for other people who decided Absolutely. not to go that path. Yeah. And so uh, it's been really a uh, tickle to see people's response and that so many people just jumped right in to see the film. That's been really rewarding. Um, but yeah, we started at the YV drama room with Spieg, Carl Spiegelberg. Yeah, it was great. It was a great program. It was a really great program. Yeah. When I look back on my training, I realized how good his teaching was. For high school uh, drama, I think he had an amazing program. An yeah. amazing program, and it was well known throughout the area. And um, I know that my experience going forward was if you had had him for a high school drama teacher, they just put you in advanced acting. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> that's impressive. Yeah. And that when I lot, doesn't it? Yeah, well, I went to train in, in at Oxford. I went to the British American Drama Academy for a summer. In fact, I was in the same class that Chadwick Boseman was in. I was in the same group as Chadwick Boseman. There's lots of pictures on my Facebook page of me and Baby Chad. Um, because we're both babies at this point, but they said, it's like, well, I don't know where you got your first training, but just do that. <laughs> you don't need anything else. Whatever that first one was, that was good. You're good with that. It's all with a British accent. So um, yeah, it was really a great experience. Really, I feel very uh, privileged to have had that as the basics of my training. So, Well, I loved the film as well. It kind of, it, it um, it seems like such a traditional Christmas movie, mm -hmm. but then it weaves in like modern themes and modern problems. And yet it did such a nice job of kind of balancing out like all of these sort of typical Christmas activities, you know, baking yeah. cookies and sitting by the fire and um, that kind of a thing. And yet in the, in the context of this kind of unexpected relationship. Yeah. Um, and it was lovely how it all came out. And your part was fantastic. I was, I was, I didn't know what to expect. It was like, oh, I have a little part or a big part. She's not in the trailer. And then I realized like, actually your role was fundamental to kind of setting up the, the instigator. 
the instigator and the yeah. and the context setter for the whole thing and the problem solver. Yeah. It's funny yeah. to think you recorded all of your parts in one day, though. <laughs> you know, I was so grateful for theater training because without theater training, I that would have been so much harder. But because we're trained to sh- to do something, you know, unless you decide to make a choice change, you know, do something exactly the same show after show. And so, for a theater actor, when you have to do things back to back shots to be able to go, okay, we're going to do this this way. And then 10 minutes later, do it exactly the same way, but from another angle, I was so helpful. What I did have to have help was, was what page are we on? What scene is this? What, so I like in the, behind us outside of the, where we were shooting, I had the um, woman who did costume and makeup and um, the director, <laughs> we're all on script going, okay, okay. This is the one where we do this. Um, and that was really helpful because otherwise I, I don't know that I would have been able to have gone that fast without other people cueing me in as to where we were in the moment, which part of the script. And the other thing was Olivia Buckle, who um, plays Taylor, the, the, one of the main women in the movie, she and I had had another day where we were supposed to shoot, but we didn't, we weren't able to get into the space. So it was just the two of us sitting in this office for a couple of hours. So we went through our scenes several times together to really maximize our time and to memorize our script and to just get that chemistry going to allow these two characters to either have to feel like they'd known each other a while and that that they were important in each other's lives and you had to get that sense of relationship from them so we were really lucky because we got that day together and it made a huge difference for us so uh yeah grateful for that across very natural in in your scenes and it does seem like these characters have known each other for quite a while they have a an existing relationship as the film begins so yeah and an an existing relationship peppered with humor which is really um you know you it helps if you've rehearsed so you can understand how the other person moves around humor how they move through a joke and how they move through their beats and so um it helps when you have time rehearsal is a gift for sure. <laughs> Rehearsal is a gift. <laughs> Especially in film, because you don't always get one, right? And sometimes there isn't, isn't a concept like that. I did one film where, you know, decisions were being made in the middle of the street, in the middle of the night in Hollywood. Like, okay, this is what's going to happen to the character now. You just had to go. Wow. Yeah. That would so be it, kind of... Um tricky <laughs> well yeah and especially since it was so late so like you don't know you don't your filters aren't quite all in at that time right like the filters that allow you to make decisions and allow you to like right. process your processing is different at midnight than your processing was at two o'clock in the afternoon of course okay. so it's it's a little more um like <laughs> well i don't know what you're gonna get but i hope it's okay I hope I don't do anything too offensive. <laughs> so, Michelle, tell me about next a zombie musical. So what when I lived in New- next a zombie musical. <laughs> when I lived in New York City, um, I was part of this group called the Actors Green Room, and a, a group called Create. And Create was um, like a spiritual based group for actors, where we would talk about it's kind of like metaphysics and meditation, and really like helping ourselves guide ourselves through these very difficult careers. And from all of this. This other group had been doing these short films that they would put on and create a short film festival because if you are in a festival, then you can claim a credit on your film. So um, it became part of that. 
and they decided to do one group of films that were all movie musicals. So I was like, ah, I guess, I guess I better do it. And then, you know, a, a lot of times in the industry you're faced with, if you want to make something happen, if you want a certain kind of work, you have to create that work yourself, become the producer in, because otherwise, you know, you're not going to necessarily be found to do it. And I didn't want to wait for other people to hire me. So I called a friend of mine and we wrote a seven minute musical about a workplace where you go in, where you're applying for a job and it turns out they're all zombies. Um, <laughs> and I cast my students, my voice students in it. And uh, it was fun. And and then a friend of mine who, who doesn't sing, but she has a pivotal role in it, but uh, she's very, very funny. Uh, and so we did, we put together this seven minute short of a zombie musical. <laughs> it was a great learning experience because I didn't have a lot of film experience or TV experience. I hadn't done a lot of classes yet. I hadn't done anything that would, would kind of bring me to this next level. And so I learned a lot really fast. When you just shoot it yourself, you learn a lot really fast. Um, I bet. <laughs> also shooting a musical is very hard. Uh, there, are, there are elements of shooting a musical that you can't see ahead of time. In like, are you gonna actually sing? Shot, it, in terms of the way the shot is constructed and- Sound. Sound, okay. Sound, and then are you going to pre-record or are you gonna to try to sing on set? If you're gonna sing on set, do you actually have the acoustics for that? It's not just even having like an accompanist or a track or mics. It's what are your acoustics in a hundred year old building? Sound is hard. Of all the things in film, I think sound might be one of the hardest. To get yeah. it natural, to, to be able to hear well without echoes, without, in New York City, I'm always surprised at how much is filmed in New York City because you have old buildings, creaky floors, floors that bounce, um, yelling outside, taxis outside. It, it's such a difficult location to try to film something. You have so few controls. Um, and then to film a musical on top of that, it was hard. It was really hard, but it was really, uh, it was a great way to learn what you were doing. And also to get something on film and on the books that you've done. Uh, so that was exciting. So I'm glad we did it. Um, I mean, took a couple of years off my life, but I'm glad, I'm glad I did it. <laughs> well, that experience actually looks really good on you. I mean, you look amazing. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So I just want to remind everyone that we are listening to It's All Connected, soon to be rebranded as Mind Power Meets Mystic with Cynthia Vargaviser and Michelle Walters. Today, we're interviewing Michelle Hakala-Wolf about her new film, Looking for Her. Please support us and tell a friend and tell a friend about our show. We are excited to meet new people and help people find more about our show. So, Michelle, you totally got me to fall in love with you beyond Marge once you started talking about your, your theater group that you do metaphysical meditation, things like that to help you through your process. I'm gonna do a double question. So you're mm -hmm. here, you are in film with this beautiful theater background. I'd love to know how you decided to make that leap of faith because I think it's fascinating mm -hmm. how you went from uh, film to producing, right? And the things that you're yeah. talking about. So I was wondering if you could back up a little bit and see how you moved from theater to film and mm -hmm. where did that group play 
or if that group played in at all with any of your decisions? So let's start with the group. Actually, I'd like to go backwards in your question. So Create, which actually you can listen to the Create podcast. Um, it's Kristen Hange and Natalie Roy. Uh, I, I made all my decisions before I met with Create, but I don't think I could have gone forward without Create. Because Create helped me to discover why I wanted to still act and gave me a support group to talk to about all the difficult parts of auditioning regularly and making these big leaps of faith. And you know, you walk into fear every day as an actor. Like I am actually not naturally an extroverted person. I actually don't like attention. I'm usually the quietest person in a room filled with people. It takes a lot to get me to talk. But once I talk, I talk. Um, it's always a step in to the dark place. And so create really helped me with that. Create really helped me um, walk in even when I wasn't comfortable. Helped me develop a meditation practice, uh, mantra practice. Um, I had made a lot of friends. I gained a lot of clients. It was a great, uh, for someone who's not particularly good at networking, this was a fantastic experience for me. And it was for everyone. I mean, it was a really much loved group. Um, they don't be live anymore. Um, this podcast still exists, but it was really a gift. Um, how I transitioned. So I'd always plan on transitioning from theater to television and romantic comedies, although there are fewer of those now. Um, but it took a long time because I kept trying to become super successful in theater first. Like, so I've had all these goals I had to hit. And um, I was a little frightened by the Hollywood system because it can be so hard on women and keep in mind I looked like I was about 12 years old until I was in my 30s and so LA felt very frightening for me um as an adult woman uh I felt like it would be kind of a it, it was a little sketchy and it felt like it could be sketchy so uh I avoided LA for a long time even though I was born here um so when I was doing musical theater and we were in LA and this was in the early 2000s and I was doing commercials, doing very well in commercials um, and starting to get seen. And then I started to get very, very ill uh, with thyroid disease and we didn't know what it was and the doctors didn't know what it was. And uh, I wasn't able to get hired on stage anymore. And then I wasn't able to dance anymore because I had danced and I couldn't heal when I would get injured. And so the whole, like my whole world got turned upside down um, because I got so sick. And then, so at that point, it, it, here comes the recession marching in at this point and uh, writer's strike. And so my husband and I decided that the best thing for us at that point would be to move back in with family for a while. So we moved back, we moved to Arizona and then the recession hit and everything had to restart. And so at this point, I wasn't sure I'd be able to sing anymore um, or speak in a stage level. Because uh, I had so much um, restriction from scar tissue from the thyroid disease. So I had uh, left that part of the industry and I was like, well, I still want to do something in the arts. I don't want to give up the arts. Um, I'll teach the arts. So I got into a master's program at NYU and we uh, were able to go to NYU for me to go to school. And so that started really just changing my whole artistic experience. Um, and then while I was there, it was, I actually started working for a tech company 
um, because the recession, as I got out of my program, uh, the recession hadn't really ended and nobody was getting hired as an arts educator. Because I was like, Ugh, I better right. do something else. So I started working for this tech company, um, which was a great experience. And then towards the end of that experience, before we the company got sold, and before the end of that experience, I found this massage therapist who um, my thyroid ended up being removed. And she had to, to work on the scar tissue from that because that will cause great neck pain. So she's in there and she's around my trachea and she goes, what is on your trachea? It feels like it's supposed to give an alien in your body. Ooh, and I said, good. well, you know, I said, you know, it always hurts. And I said, it hurts to swallow. It hurts to talk. It hurts to sing. It, hurts, it always hurts. I said, I think it's scar tissue from when the thyroid was destroyed. She says, well, this will kill you. You will be suffocated. It's going to choke you to death. I've got to take this off. So she manually removed the scar tissue from my trachea. Um, and I felt it come off. It was a huge release. And after that, things started happening in this quick succession. Like she removed the scar tissue. We all got laid off from the company. I suddenly realized I could sing again. I went back to auditioning and booked a show. And so I took quite a few years just wanting to do theater again. But I did realize that um, as an older performer, especially as an older woman, I was going to need to expand out and I wanted to explore this other field. And so I started looking into film and television and it is a very difficult transition because you were really starting from scratch. Um, these worlds don't necessarily link arms. So the, the green room where I did the film was kind of a way to at least kind of start learning what we were doing without me paying for the expensive class at the time, which I couldn't afford. Um, and so it allowed me to really kind of see ahead as to where I was going. And then uh, I was able to build the things that I knew I could do on my own. So I did start working on um, putting a video library together of all my materials because I kind of saw that coming which actually turned out to be great because now we all do self tapes for auditions. It's how everything starts. And I had already become very experienced in that. And so when we decided to move back to LA, um, in part because of the weather, in part because of the craziness of New York, in part because our families are here um, and because we still plan on being actors, uh, it all felt very natural to make this next step. And so now we have commercial representation and I started submitting myself for auditions and I'm actually going back to class, which I'm excited about. I take a sitcom class. Uh, I want to get familiar with how the cameras feel, you know, because when you're on stage doing comedy, you very well, you're very much attuned to you, your other actors in the audience, but you're now going to add multi cameras in at the same time. And I just want to know how that feels. Not so that I don't have to think. I don't want to have to think when I'm up there. I want to be able to know. And so, yeah, so that's where we are. That's how we got from there to here. Wow. That's quite a transition, Michelle. Yeah. It's um your your work is so interesting and dynamic and changing and what what was what was good at one point is not good anymore. And I hadn't realized all of the the um stuff about your thyroid happening. Yeah. That's quite a quite a story and really kind of fantastic to think about a masseuse being the um with a physical manipulation of your body and then yeah. like uh, all of these, all of these things, it's got, you know, 
like Cynthia's more the chakra person, not so much me, but like, that's sure what it looks like to me. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. I mean, they, I had invested well into physical therapy anyways, because the uh, thyroid disease will actually start to take things like your mobility, your balance. So, and, and, and I had a few like physical issues that needed to be worked on anyway. So once I started seeing a physiotherapist, he was like, well, we got to do the following 80 things for your body to work. <laughs> so I had all kinds of crazy work done that helped me tremendously. And Makeda was my, um, my last massage therapist that I got. Uh, and I kept her for a long time till she, till we both moved to other areas, but she really like changed my life. I wouldn't be here without Makeda. I was just sure. going to say that. I was going to say shout out to the massage therapists. Yes. You are healers. You are angels. And one saved your life. Yeah. Well, it was and really interesting. So my, my endocrinologist and I always laugh because the no one ever thinks about the fact that your massage therapist knows things before the other doctors do because they're in there on your muscles. And so um, Makeda would say something like, oh, I've never met a thyroid patient who didn't fall. Um, and then they, you know, a year later, they come out with a report that my doctor and I would read. It's like, oh, falling is really common. You have thyroid disease. So yeah, so it was really an interesting time. Um, and it was an interesting sequence of events because I had never really fully given up on the acting career. I just had to put it aside several times, you know? So it felt like, you know, I always say it's kind of funny because I always feel like I'm in the process of quitting, but then I always go back. So I decided that I'm just going to stop quitting. I'm just going to quit quitting because that's obviously the part that doesn't work. So, um, which is kind of funny when you think about it, but yeah, yeah, it was kind of a long, crazy journey. And in the process of that, I built the voice studio. I started teaching people to sing and um, I went online very early with that um, because one year in New York, we had a big snowstorm. We, our trains went down and uh, everybody got strep throat and mono at the same time. Oh no. So I put the whole studio online at that point. I was like, yeah, please don't come. <laughs> please don't come with your double disease. So that when we hit COVID, I was already, I had no live students. All my students were already online. Brilliant. So, yeah. yeah. So it was really, it was, oh, yeah. I was assisted with the transition there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, other than the weirdness of the time, it, that part for me was really easy. And I knew the benefits of an online course for that, like, you know, once you figure out the fact that you can't, you can't sing or play things at the same time. So you have to approach how you teach what you're teaching in a different manner. So you have to look for another way for them to learn it. Um, but they have so many resources and most of my students are very young and they understand all these physical resources that they have at their hands. They have accompaniment tracks and they understand how the computer works and how the Zoom class works. They understand all of that already. It's already a part of their world. So it was really a matter of me catching up and providing stuff for them to, to be able to learn from if I'm not in the room. So I pre-recorded a lot of the exercises and things that I would see happen over and over again so that they could have something to anchor onto if they couldn't figure it out. And I wasn't there to model at the same time for them. So genius, Michelle. It worked genius yeah it worked it definitely worked um so a lot of my students are actually out of wisconsin so <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> random I'm, I'm, no it's not well yeah that part is random but i will say that 
your story just shows me how absolutely nimble you are. You know, you, mm-hmm. you, I, I don't like the word pivot because you actually have to make a hard stop in order to, to make mm-hmm. a change. And I'm, I'm all about fluidity. So your nimbleness is really incredible because everything you talked about, you ended up being ahead of the curve, ahead of the curve, ahead of the curve. So, you know, it's interesting when you're ahead of the curve, because most of the time you're the weirdo who's got an idea that everything's is crazy and can't possibly work. And you can't listen to them because you know, it's going to work. It's hard. You end up, you kind of alone a lot of the time with that. That is a total nugget right there. Don't you agree, Michelle? I I totally agree. So Michelle, we are at the end of 2022. 2023 is at our doorstep. What is coming up for you next year? What do you, I'm not going to ask what are your goals, but what are the things that you either expect to be on the horizon or want to be on the horizon? Well, I'm taking a sitcom class this year, um, which I have been waiting to get back in person for, because that's when you do need to be, I feel I really want to be in person for, he has offered online, but um, since it's a, a, you know, about feeling where things are, I really wanted to be in the space with other people. Um, you know, I'm not entirely sure what this year is going to bring other than that. I know for sure that I would like to book more work and that is my primary goal. Um, Studio still the studio, still running. Uh, we have some, you know, our, our goal for next year is to purchase a house, finally. So um, that is on big on the horizon. But really a big part of this year is about narrowing down to only what you want and letting go of things that you do out of habit because you think that you have to in order to make things work. Like kind of just trying to simplify things down as to what does that actually mean? What does it mean to make more money? What does it mean to change your job? What does it mean to bring in more students? What does it bring, mean to bring more work and only concentrate on that? I really like the concept of um, you set the goal and then you line all the decisions up to the goal. Does this help the goal? Does this help the goal? Any of these goals in this thing or not? It's very easy as an artist. I mean, as an artist, you are trained to look at everything other people do, another person does as something possible to do because you are going to mirror what they're doing and try to find the reasons for why that would exist. The downside of that as a person is that you think you can go out and do anything. Heart surgery, sign me up, I'm ready to go. (laughs) There is nothing more inappropriate for me than heart surgery besides the lack of training because I don't like to actually uh, be around the hospital. So not a good plan. But as an actor, I have to convince myself that that's something I would do. So it's very easy to get sucked into other things um, just out of that habit. So this, what I realize is that I am overworking and need to just narrow things down to what do you want? Just go for that. Everything else gets put aside or you, you write it down so you don't forget it and then you put it aside for another day which is what I teach my students to do. Like I, I, with my students, when they want to build something or build a show or whatever, I make them keep a journal so that they can just thought mom it. It's like, that's a great idea. Write it down and close it. Right. Right. And come back to another day. It's not going anywhere. It doesn't have skates on. Right. Just concentrate on, does it meet the goal for today? Um, so I'm trying to do that for myself. So where I also, the goal, the goal for this year is to book more work and to get stuff together to buy a house and to bring the studio to a very specific different kind of structure and that's it that's the goal for the 
whole year, those three things, that's it. It doesn't meet that goal, it can't happen. So um, yeah, that's it. A sim more simple, but more productive year. Sounds like 2023 will be a fantastic year. I, so. I think it's going to be a good year. I think it's going to be here. This was such a delightful surprise because we actually shot this in 2021. So, um, well, I was going to ask and we're kind of wrapping up, but I was, I was curious about, um, COVID protocols for filming. If you had all kinds of stuff you had to do to manage for that. Um, so that was the first, so when we filmed, this was in the end of 2021. Um, this was kind of the first moment that we were kind of all let back out and like, oh, you have to follow safety protocols, but we had tests. And so we all took a test and, um, you know, you were very careful about how much proximity you kept with each other. Actors are have a tendency to be kind of um, cozy with each other. So it's hard. COVID's hard because actors are very like, hi, how are you? What are you doing? Let's hug. So, you know, it's, it's hard to control that part of you as an actor. Um, that's part of what you are. Um, so that part was hard, but we did all test and made sure we were all clean. And this was before this latest strain where like everybody's getting sick. So it's kind of like in that little golden bubble between the two where, where the one had kind of slowed down, but the new variant hadn't come yet. Um, but an interesting thing that happened after we filmed it is I lost 30 pounds. So uh, I look very different in the film than I do now. Uh, but, you know, these things happen. So, I mean, it was on purpose. So it's not like I lost 30 pounds on accident. Um, but so that part was, it was an interesting to go back and watch because I look so different then yeah. than I do now, but yeah. that really is a part of acting anyways. Cause you don't, you don't ever see yourself at, on the screen as you see yourself in the mirror. So, right. right. Yeah. Good. Well, it's been so much fun getting to talk to you like this and having you as our guest today. We really appreciate it. You are our first movie star. So <laughs> that is very exciting for, for both of us. So thank you so oh. much for joining us today. And uh, we look forward to seeing your next movie. Well, thank you for having me. And, um, you know, thank you for watching the film. It's been really exciting. Uh, the production company is Violet Wave. It's on Tubi and iTunes. Looking for her. And I hope everybody enjoys it. It was lovely. Happy holidays. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Happy holidays. Thank you so much. Thank you. You've been listening to It's All Connected. connected.